Hello Miami, this is Dr. Rob Polizak with HealthCast 305. Today on our show we have Hong Tran. Did I say that right? It's Huang, I, but that's okay. Huang, you just reminded me. You just reminded me like seven times beforehand. So It's like it's like singing, but you know what? My motto is as long as you call me, you just call me whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever works, right? That's, no, that's how lot, you do it in Miami. Yeah, well a lot of people in Miami call me Juanita. Yeah, right. That's, you know, anything with Ita, I, I had some patients call me um, Robert Tico for a while and I yeah. liked it, but I, you know, I feel like I was being, uh, I feel like I was uh, being, you know, used by them a little bit. Like, okay, you know my real name. You don't have to be called Robert Tico. What was another one? I, I had one patient that always called me, um, oh man, uh, Rob, Robert Tico Lindo or something. And oh, it, well, it see, that's a nice one. They're saying you look good. That's a good Yeah, one. right? Yeah, I don't, I don't shy away from compliments at all. But I, <laughs> I became Juanita because my first job um, in Miami was in Hialeah, and so mm -hmm. majority of my patients were Spanish speaking. And I went into the room and I said, "Oh, me llamo Juanita, me llamo Huang, blah blah blah." I'm the therapist, and um, I was like waking her up, and she's like, "What?" She's like, "Juan," and um, I said, "Yeah, you know, my name is Wong." And she goes, are you a boy, in Spanish now, are you a boy or a girl? Oh. I, was like, I wasn't really sure if I was a boy or a girl in Spanish. Like, so I'm like, I guess, I'm like, soy mujer? <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, Juanita, your name is Juanita. And I said, you know what? Yes, my name is Juanita. Come on up, let's do some therapy. <laughs> and ever since it. then, I became Juanita, and uh, my patients call me Juanita, my friends, the doctors that I work with, all of that. <laughs> so you introduce yourself to everyone as Juanita, all your patients, I, huh? All the time. Like if they're Spanish only, I, um, or even if it's more comfortable for them, I'm Juanita. So is your Spanish good? Uh, my Spanish is decent. Okay, <laughs> good enough, speak. yeah. Yeah, good enough. I I uh, speak pretty well in in therapy terminology. So in therapy, I can say all the body parts. I actually say them probably better or know more of the body parts and stuff like that than, than some people, just because I have to learn it um, when it comes yeah. to hand and arm injuries and the nerves and splints and stuff like that. But when it comes to like ordering food or finding the bathroom in Spanish, maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah, right. Those are the important things that we sometimes <laughs> yes, miss out on. So. Yeah. Um, well, here, tell me a little bit, um, you know, we kind of got a hint at it right there, but tell me a little bit about yourself um, and your background with schooling and everything like that, because I think a lot of people listening, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of physical therapists so far mm -hmm. and not many occupational therapists, not many hand specialists or vice versa. So yeah. let us know a little bit about your background yeah. and what it is that you do and how it's different. Perfect. So my name is Huang and I am a Miami girl, kind of grew up here. And I went to school at University of Florida, came back afterwards, um, having gotten my degree in occupational therapy and hand therapy, which is one of those things I knew I wanted to do, wanted to specialize in. So after working for hospitals and stuff like that, I became a certified hand therapist. And um, after working for several years in the hospitals and for private practice uh, with doctors and stuff like that, I decided to open my own practice. And so now I have a therapy practice. We're located in Doral. It's called Hands-On Therapy Services. Can I show you my sign? So, yeah, that's the, I saw the sign in the background. It looks really and, nice. 
hands-on therapy services. I don't know if I can. Where'd go. you get that sign? That's a good sign. There's a lot of sign places out in Doral, so. I know. Well, you know what's funny is one of the neighbors in my shopping center uh, did signs, and so I said, "Oh, well, I need one of those signs in the office." But I'm I'm kind of short, so and it's kind of tall, <laughs> so I have to like stand up for you to see it. But that's okay. But yeah, so I started uh, hands-on therapy services seven years ago, uh, and we are lo we're a one clinic location. We are located in Doral, and we help people with hand and arm injuries. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's 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 how I found you. I was on Instagram, and I saw, I was I think I was following you, and I saw another really good video of someone okay. treating. I think in this particular instance, it was the hand, mm -hmm. and I was like, I have to talk to this person because. <laughs> well, thanks. For I mean, I, out. I know. Well, I'm happy to. I'm that's trying to share about people like you. Um, I I actually used to have a clinic. My clinic used to be in Doral, um, but I've moved it closer to my house here in in downtown area. Okay, um, awesome. so I wish I had known back then too, I would have had some people for you. Cause the hand to me is like, once I get a patient with a hand injury, I get a little bit intimidated and I know the amount of rigorous training that CHT is, at least the book that I saw is huge. That's about as much as I know, yeah. but I saw the OTs working with me and how hard it was. Was that tough yeah. for you? The whole exam and the process leading up to that? It, it is. Uh, so before I've been in practice for 20 years. And so back then it used to be that in order for you to become a certified hand therapist, you'd have to have at least five years working experience. And within those five years have so many thousands of hours treating just the hand and arm alone. And then from there you pass an exam. It's a national board certified exam and it um, has like a 50 to 60% pass rate. So it can be really challenging. I know, I know. That's I harder than the MPTE. I know it's terrible, but what it really does for people who are certified hand therapists, is it really gets you more in-depth knowledge about what's going on with the hand, the wrist, the elbow, the shoulder, and even the neck too, because all of the, the nerves and, and stuff like that come out from our neck, go down our shoulder very specific way through our elbow, down to through our wrist and into our hands. And then we have the most intricate system of our hands because of how it moves, how it manipulates things, how it uh, has all these types of sensation, you know, that you could feel even without looking at it, even without looking at your hands. So those types of things makes the hand really, really complicated. So it is a rigorous process and, um, and um, but it's great, it's wonderful. Yeah, but I mean, the, the hand alone is such a sensitive area. I know the, you know, the homunculus man, the guy that represents the sensation in the body. He looks like a freak. I'll, I'll pull it up yes. sometime. But his yeah. hands are huge because your hands are so sensitive. And, and the muscles are no different. There's so many little muscles that connect into the, each part of the finger. And there's things like trigger finger. There's there's like palmer plate issues. I mean, it, it's oh it's God, so yeah. complex. And um, I'm you know when I see someone doing hand therapy, I'm always amazed at yeah. the amount of knowledge it takes and how much patience you have to have. So... Yeah. Um, what percentage of your clinic would you say is hand is, is hands versus elbow versus shoulder? Oh, wow. So probably about 70, maybe not quite 75% of it is hands. Uh, now we treat and we help two populations of people with hand injuries. We have our surgical 
ham cases, mm -hmm. the people who have accidents, who um, had to have surgery, or they chose to have surgery, right? So we help a lot of people with surgery, and then we help the people who have not had surgery, and they're trying to avoid taking pills, injections, and having surgery. So they're, they're kind of two different uh, buckets of people that we help. But really, at the end of the day, we're helping people so that they can become more active, they can know that it's possible to be pain-free, whether they've had surgery, getting the best possible results from it, because hand surgeries are really complicated. And whether it's a hand, the wrist, and the wrist is even more complicated because we have like so many little bones and they have to move and they fit very specifically. So um, if they don't move well, then your hand doesn't move well, right? Yeah, the carpal bones. Yeah, the carpal bones. And then the a lot of our people with major hand injuries and surgeries, they, you know, their elbow will get stuck or their shoulder will get stuck. And so we take into all of that account when we're working with someone's arm because really at the end of the day, we don't just look at like, oh, it's your it's your thumb or your middle finger or your elbow. We're looking at them as a person. Like, what do I need to help you do as a person? to get back to work, to get back to being active. Like a lot of people like to work out or a lot of people like to just be able to move without any discomfort. Um, and then to be able to provide for their family and to be active with their family. So. Yeah, so yeah, you look at the whole patient as opposed to just their deficits, right? Cause that's a big yeah, thing. Really a lot of people is. get caught up in the minutia of looking at just the deficits and they're preparing them maybe for the wrong thing. But it sounds like what you're looking at here is how to get them back to their functional lifelong activities. Right. Yeah, exactly. Without surgeries and without, without injections. Surgery. It's funny that you say that. Cause I say, I say the same thing with my, usually with my elevator pitch. Yeah. That's just like the two things I've honed in on. And I think yeah. all PTs and OTs should focus on that. Cause yeah. I mean, if you think of the two most devastating things that people get involved with when they don't need them, it's yeah. those invasive procedures like surgery right. or getting addicted or having yeah. to be reliant upon drugs to feel right. better. Well, it's, it's difficult, right? It's difficult because it's kind of fast to take mm -hmm. pills or it's kind of fast to take um, injections. It's also the kind of thing that you hear a lot of people do. Like, I don't know about you, but we talk to a lot of our people before they even come in and book a session with us because a lot of times they don't know what's possible, right? I mean, whether you're an occupational therapist, certified hand therapist, or a physical therapist, at the end of the day, a lot of people don't necessarily know the difference. And even as therapists, right, we specialize in different things. You specialize in something totally different, right, um, than I do. Like I specialize in hands and arms and you uh, specialize in helping more active people. Right. You you work you like work with athletes and stuff like that. Am I correct? Yeah, athletes and Medicare and stuff, but definitely yeah. definitely nothing south of the elbow either. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, and those can be like really intricate types of stuff. But you you help people and a lot of times they're just like doctors, imagine, because most people don't know about therapists and stuff like that, but they know about doctors. Like I bet you anything your whole life, someone in your family has taken to you to a doctor, you've known to go to a doctor, yeah. right? So it's a very common thing for everyone to do. And so you sort of have this idea of what doctors do, but even within doctors, you have your primary care. And if, 
If something is wrong with your bones, you, you know to go to an orthopedic. If something's wrong with your nerves, you might know to go to a neurologist, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to therapists, therapists have specialists. They're, we're specialists too. We just have different letters. We have different things we call ourselves. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, a lot of times people don't know the difference. And so, I mean, what's great, Rob, is that you're doing a podcast like this to tell people more and more about like what the differences are, how they can look for different people based on what they want, right? And based yeah. on what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people, yeah, people think that they, they know doctors are like physicians, they yeah. know MDs, my orthopedic right. is my primary yeah. care is my gynecologist yeah. or something, but and they and they know to go there if they wanted pills, right? Like so if you got sick, you had an infection, you know, let me go get some of my antibiotics. You know if you have pain, let me see what kind of kind of medication I can get to help me. Because that's mm-hmm. the first usually the first thought process. Um and then it also takes a little bit more to say, oh, well, like, what is this therapy thing? What, what, what can therapy actually do for me? Yeah, yeah. They, and they can see the, the benefits in that. All right, so I got a little happy with the delete and add tool and I got rid of this section, but I was able to salvage a little bit of it. Here I asked Huang a little bit about why she does not take insurance traditionally and the benefits of the way that she does handle and deal with insurance and how it helps her patients out in the long run. But the most important thing that we try to talk to people about is like, is insurance the only reason why you wanna come to therapy and get help? Or is it because you really wanna get rid of your pain and be more active, right? Because if insurance is all you want to do, then you might, only be able to go to where those places allow you to go and it might not be the best places so i don't know about you but i've spoken to lots and lots of people who call our office who go somewhere else and they don't get the results that they're hoping for actually this week we started working with someone with a shoulder problem and she has a very small tear in her rotator cuff and which is quite normal for people like myself over the age of 40. <laughs> we have, you know, wear and tear, there's little small tears, but there's the risk if you don't take care of it now, it can get worse and worse and worse, and you might end up tearing your whole tendon and then needing surgery, right? But the worst part now, instead of thinking about so much later now, is that it hurts you. You can't do the things you want to be able to do. You can't work without pain. You can't be active without pain. And she was going somewhere else that was where her insurance was sending her, right? So insurances, they're big companies. I'm not big fans of them, but I myself have insurance because it's really for those um, kind of emergency cases for your primary care health type of stuff. But when it comes to therapy, they kind of dictate where you go, might not be the best places. And so they go and they, you know, they sit there with, two, three, usually three, four people. And they're given stuff to do or just put stuff on like hot pack, e-stem, ultrasound, cold pack, and then you're done. And you're doing the same exercise. You don't really understand why you're doing them. But the worst thing is you don't feel better. So you think therapy doesn't help. So then they might, if they you know, they see that. So she went through like two months of that. And the doctor went back to the doctor and doctor, she's like, doctor, I still have pain. What's going on? Um, and he was like, well, if it gets worse, we'll have surgery. 
And she was like, wait a second. <laughs> and she found me online, right? She found me online. So someone like that would find someone like you, right? Someone like me online and say, hey, you know, yeah, maybe they're a therapist, but maybe they can help me a little differently. And so she reached out to us. We spoke to her. I sent her a few things that I had. Um, so hands-on therapy services, we are all over. Like you said, you found me on, on um, social media, right? So I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. I have a YouTube channel, hands-on therapy services on YouTube. And I'm constantly putting out different videos. So just tell people like, hey, if you're looking for this, hey, if you're looking for that, um, that we might be able to help you. I've even written a book. Can I what? Show you? Oh my God. The hands on That's not just an ebook. That's a real book. Folks. It's not an ebook. It's like a real book. Dude, this shit real. <laughs> it, edited, it got edited and everything. Um, like for New York real, Times bestseller, real. yeah. Yeah, so it is um it's a whole book. I mean, I do have ebooks as well. So on my website, I have like your website is um, um is it the hands, same as the social media? Um handsots.com handsots.com yeah um so i had to shorten it a little bit because hands-on therapy services is kind of long i didn't really think about that one it's kind of with the title rob to be honest. <laughs> like look at, i mean my clinic name is like no one can spell it ever so don't worry oh but it's a conversation so have... piece when you're giving out the name <laughs> yeah. you're like it's tough let me spell it for you and they're like oh and it's like <laughs> it's kind of like it it makes them like you more because they know that you have yeah. you're human yeah. And you, you don't always yes. pick the best, like easiest name, you know? Well, so I'm going to tell you an embarrassing story. I don't know if you um, uh, created an acronym already. So when I said hands-on therapy services, I didn't really think about it. And I, my, my, I told my best friend, like once I, I submitted the name, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm like for real with this business thing. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't want to tell anyone, you know, because I didn't want people to start giving me their opinions and stuff like yeah, that. Like, hands-on therapy defensive. services. Yeah. <laughs> like hands-on therapy services. That's a great name. <laughs> and my best friend goes, you know, the acronym for that is HOTS. H-O-T. <laughs> HOTS. I was like, damn it, no. <laughs> no, so, yeah. no. So we're HOTS. What can or HANDSOTS. You know. But, well, hot is cool. That's cool. You could have a hot logo, something with yeah. like a hand that's like a fireball really. behind it. Rob, no. let's think about this. Asian women, <laughs> hands. Oh, Let me spell it out. Okay, so yeah. Because we've oh, gotten wow. some of those calls as well. Really? <laughs> <laughs> they see my social media, like, man. This knock knock. What kind of massage you do? Oh no. Rob, oh, no. I'm not making this shit up. <laughs> I don't have to deal with that. Ukrainian men don't really have any kind of reputation for that, I guess. Oh <laughs> no. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I was like, oh man. Oh, so that's why HOTS was extra bad. Okay. I know. <laughs> okay, HOTS therapy. It just sounds like casual. Like, okay. Wow. Okay. So we got to take this. This is you know, part of the discussion. Jokes, Rob, the jokes just roll in. I'm, I'm okay. You know, I got Yeah, you it. let it roll off. Makes you. <laughs> Any publicity is good publicity, man. Yeah. You tell people, hey, I can't take care of you, but maybe in some other ways if your hand hurts. They'll probably come in with some hand injuries in the future. Who knows? Know. <laughs> oh, there's jokes all around. We have oh, no. fun here. My patients, our clients, like they just love it. They think it's Yeah, fun. you're very charismatic. I like it. This is good. This is you need honestly, business owners, you need that kind of attitude. You'd be eaten up yeah. in this world. And you're from Miami, so you know what Miami's I'm not, like. I told you I'm a Miami girl. 
<laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's it got to be tough here. It's the East Coast. Yes. I'm not from here, so I had to learn some stuff. Oh, I still am. Where are you from? Upstate New York, Rochester. Oh, so it's like six God. hours You're in the so city. You're so nice and sweet, aren't you? I'm like, a, yeah, I'm like a Minnesotan almost, you know. I had a friend from Minnesota that uh, used to be down here, and we'd, we'd have these conversations like, man, we got to toughen up if we're going to make it in Miami. Yes. So, um, awesome. so tell me a little bit about... Um, uh, like, let's do like a little case study. Like who's like a typical patient at your facility? Um, okay. And, you know, like how do you go about treating them throughout the whole plan of care? If that's not a loaded question, which it is. But. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. So do you want me to go over a shoulder case? We've been getting tons of shoulders. But you know what we've been getting outside of shoulder? We've been getting a lot of nerve people. People okay. who come in with like nerve problems. Like their hands are numb. Um, their hands are painful and usually that type of pain is different from like a, I broke my hand type of pain. So for example, someone who comes in, they fell, they broke their fingers. Yeah. That type of pain is a constant sharp pain. Their hands feel stiff. Their hands feel wooden, like, like pegs. Um, they, like it's really de debilitating type of pain, that type of hand pain. So we help those people to start to reduce their swelling and move in. We teach them how to move in directions that don't help them. I mean, we help them move in directions that don't hurt them as much to actually help them be able to make a fist. Okay. So you actually, we help people. What's funny is people think they have to squeeze a ball they have to close their fingers all the time. But actually, if they continually make a fist all the time or put a ball in there and try to squeeze, they actually make their hands worse. So at that moment in time, they might feel good, but their pain sets in and it gets worse and worse over a period of time. So one of the things that I always tell my patients, actually in my book, it's in my e-books, my e um, is that you want to actually stretch your fingers open and then relax and then stretch your fingers open and then relax so that's one thing that we always teach people if you can't make a full fist don't put a ball in your hand you actually want to open it right so you rob you mentioned trigger finger like i teach people about trigger finger not to make a fist so they're constantly yeah. making a fist or they're constantly like moving their finger to trigger it so they get that knot to like click and click and click that actually makes their trigger finger worse they think they're but helping they, it they well you know what i don't think they think they're helping it but it becomes a habit mm -hmm. you know it becomes a habit that they keep rubbing on that same spot um and then so those are like people who like have an injury who fell and broke their fingers or you know um cut something and now their fingers are really stiff and painful. That's a constant pain. Then the other type of people that we help, there are kind of nervy pain. So these people have pain issues, whether it be hand pain or numbness that they'll feel in the tips of their hands, or their numbness will wake them up in the middle of the night. So those type of pain, they can move. So the mm -hmm. biggest, biggest difference, right, is 
if you fell and broke your hand, you want there. You're like, you're, you're coming. You're like knocking on my door. Like, Wong, where are you? Like, I need you. It's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> it's obvious. Like you can't do anything and it's constant. The people who have the nerve type of pain, they're the ones that like, I don't know if I need you yet, Wong. Like it's not that bad yet because <laughs> they uh, can move, right? They have full motion. They can do everything. So a lot of them come to me and they say, well, if I ask them, what does it stop you from doing? No, I can do everything. I can move. I can like, I don't have, you know, I don't have pain all the time. So those people tend to not come, unfortunately, uh, because they can move, because they don't have the pain constantly. What brings them in eventually is when the numbness is constant. And that is so bad because once the pain, once that numbness is constant that it's harder to treat it takes longer to get rid of so you know everything that i do like i, I you know my book my ebooks like the videos i create i'm talking to those people because i know that they think they can wait because their pain isn't that bad and one of the things that they do um, that actually makes it worse is they'll pull themselves apart, right? Because it kind of feels good. So I had a guy who he had a lot of numbness and, and uh, hand pain. And it was getting worse and worse. And it was on both hands, one hand worse than the other. And this had been going on for years. So at first, it's like, well, it's only been bothering me for a couple months. And then once we get the story, it's been since 2005. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's what? always like that. What happened? <laughs> and then it's like, well, it's been since 2005. It got better. It got worse. It got better. And now it's like the worst it's ever been. But that's because we can only remember like right now, like the worst it's ever been. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I can't cook. I can't hold my kids. I, I, I can barely work. It's so painful. And he's looking online. He's looking for stretches he's looking for workouts and stuff like that and all those things are really really wonderful things i have them on my youtube channel these stretches and and different movements and stuff like that but when you don't know the actual problem you could be doing the thing that's worse for you right so he's wearing braces that actually stop his nerve from moving the way it's supposed to move so nerves yeah. like to glide you know i always say muscles get long and muscles get short well, nerves, they like to glide. And if they don't glide well and they're stuck somewhere, they're gonna be on fire. So that's kind of what it feels like. Um, they feel fiery, they feel numb, they feel tired, they feel um, like heaviness. So those are some of the key words that if they, oh, my arm just feels heavy, or like, I don't know why I'm so tired, like my arm feels tired or my hands feel tired. Those are some key quote unquote nervy type of words that we're always looking for. And that gives us a huge indication like, okay, just because you can move and just because it's not all the time doesn't mean something isn't wrong, right? So I always tell those people to be careful with how much they stretch. Just like I tell my hand people, don't make a fist, yeah, right? Because because it's it's like actually makes you feel worse later. Mm -hmm. Well, nervy people tend to feel a certain way, and they feel like if I if I just stretch it, it actually alleviates me. But 
you're stretching on a nerve that's stuck somewhere and you might be over stretching it. So it feels good at that moment in time, but you've irritated the nerve. So that nerve is going to go on fire later. Yeah. Nerves um, from, that's why we have those nerve glides and they're big in the upper body. There's three, there's three that I know of that are big, Um, probably a lot of variations on them, but nerves like to glide over the top of the muscles and the muscles themselves like to just get longer and shorter. Um, So definitely, I think that people will just tension it up. And, you know, I've had my own issues. I had a cervical disc herniation um, last October and I mean, it was so bad. I was doing the, I was doing the the oh sign. yes, uh-huh. yeah. The Bacotti sign, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so bad, and you you can feel every inch of it. It feels like a hot oh. rod going through your whole arm, yes. and you can feel the exact nerve. So yeah, um, it's deep. Like nerve pain is like very deep, right, Rob? Like, yeah, you, it's like you can't in your like bones. pinpoint it. Yeah, you're like I'm trying to touch it. I'm trying to find it, for <laughs> you, but I can't find it. That is a nerve problem. <laughs> Yeah, and those are the things that people feel coming on slowly. Things start getting tired. Things start getting yes. tingly. They get these deep pains. They let them go, let them go. And now they've created yeah. a big problem for themselves in rehab because it's going to take a while. And, um, while. you know, they hit the doctor up first, and the doctor tells yeah. them that we're going to give you eight appointments, and if not, we'll do surgery. So that then this is the yeah. whole sequela yeah. of issues that come from there. Yeah, yeah. well, I've had surgery. And uh, sometimes you just don't know or sometimes you want – things faster. Like I was young, right? I had knee surgery, had ACL surgery. So I knew then like, oh, I, like in my mind, I thought like, oh, let me, let me go ahead and do the surgery so that I can keep doing everything. Yeah. And I actually went to therapy and I, you know, as a therapist, right. As an occupational therapist, I know physical therapists and I'm like, I need the best physical therapist. Mm -hmm. And I actually sought one out. And she was great, but she made assumptions about me. She made assumptions about the fact that I wouldn't need therapy. And it is so wrong. Um, I am a human being that needs a little kick in the ass, (laughs) right? (laughs) And I needed a little bit of help. She actually saw me only five times post-surgical and said I was good to go on my own. And it's one thing that I've taken into my own practice that I don't make assumptions about people and how much they need. Like we ask and we talk to them about like what they need. uh, And we're honest about what we recommend and based on where they want to go. So I was in my twenties at the time and no one told me about the consequences, right? Of what can happen. So regardless of whether you have surgery or you don't have surgery, you're bound to potentially, right? you're bound to potentially suffer from traumatic arthritis in your older age. Yeah. With the ACL tear and with the ACL reconstruction, it don't matter. So I was, I was understanding if I didn't repair it, that I would be at risk, but it's in the repair and in the not repair, you're still at risk. The key thing is to work out those imbalances so that you don't feel your knees crunching all the time. I'm sure you hear about this, Robert. <laughs> yeah, my knees crunch, but it doesn't hurt. Well, if it's crunching every single time you squat, like something's out of balance, shouldn't be crunching like that. Um, I say that because that happened to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know so, like. right, so, um, so yeah, so when it comes to that, I really, really dive into like, okay, here are your options. Here are your choices. This is a consequence if you do or don't 
do certain things because people need to know what the consequences are. You can decide not to have surgery and these are the consequences, you know? Mm. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of like having surgery when you need to have it and not having surgery when you have options to choose not to have it. Yeah. And there are some people that are called copers that don't need ACL reconstructions after mm-hmm. ACL tears. And some right. athletes don't even realize as they're playing that they don't have their ACLs anymore. They injured right. them and they just yeah. at some point in their career and they never yeah. had a knee scope or anything since. And yeah. they find out after they're retired that they had yeah. no ACLs. So. Yeah. But imagine if you're strong, you might not need it. If yeah, exactly. And you know, like certain things and yeah, you, you can live without it. Um, I know for me, I ended up deciding to do it for a lot of different reasons, but one was because my knee kept giving out, like it buckled, like I was working a couple of times and then I would take a step and boom, I would just like fall flat on my face. Um, and uh, you know, I use youth, (laughs) (laughs) youth, right. Uh, to be like, oh no, yeah, let me just do the surgery now. Um, yeah. and there's nothing wrong. I think surgery is a very personal decision and I yeah. don't discount like if people want to have it. It's just like, let me explain to you what will happen afterwards, you know, not to toot our own horns, but for the body parts that we do specialize in, mm-hmm. um, it is good if you have an acute injury that's not life threatening. Um, right. Once it's once you get past that initial stage, you know, see a therapist and see what your options are, because yeah. You, you know, we can be we can serve as the primary person in that scenario, too. Like if you hurt your knee and you want to yeah. see what's going on, you don't yeah. have to go to a physician mm-hmm. and get an X-ray or MRI right away, because yeah. a lot of the times it doesn't really change the course of action. Yeah. Like they go to a yeah. doctor, they get an X-ray. It's obviously not broken. You could have yeah. known that, too. And then yeah. they get an MRI and the MRIs are on their way. But, you know, yeah. it's as a therapist, it's like, oh, I can't wait to see what your MRI is. But really, yeah. you're like, will That's it change hard. the treatment? Yeah. Well, it's hard for people, right? Because it's like, you've been trained your whole life to think and to know, like, I just need to know. I just, I mean, so many people, I just, you get an MRI. It's like, I just want to see. I'm like, well, are you going to have surgery? If they say it, no, I don't want surgery, but (laughs) I just need to know. I'm like, what the fuck do you need to know? Like, (laughs) like, what's it going to change? Like, tell me. So, you know, we do, we, I mean, I don't curse at people unless they curse back at me, but, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, we have we have very, we encourage healthy dialogue. We encourage people to ask us questions and talk to us and stuff like that. So they can be really clear in terms of what is wrong and um, know what they can do, like the, take the right necessary steps to improve or not improve. Like, um, you know, with a carpal tunnel, like, so we're talking about nerves here, bringing back to nerves. So we're talking about nerves. I can have two different types of carpal tunnel patients, right? So I had a crush injury, this huge ginormous, um, commercial dryer fell on my patient's arm, crushed his, uh, broke his hands in a couple of places, just crushed the whole arm. Right. Mm-hmm. So he was, ha- he, it crushed the, it was, um, crushing that nerve that the carpal tunnel nerve, right? The median nerve. It was impinging upon that and he wasn't getting better enough with therapy. So, and, and your hand looks a certain way too. And so we recommended to the doctor, like this numbness is consistent. This, um, we're starting to see changes in the muscle. We need to have a carpal tunnel release. 
my conversation with him because of the nature of his injury was like, we really need to go into have the surgery. We actually need to have the surgery sooner than later. With someone who's like, oh, I didn't break anything, but every, I, every night I wake up, you know, with pain. Every night I wake up um, in the morning, my hands are numb and, um, you know, we can help someone like that avoid having surgery. We, you know, there's potential to not have to wear braces. You know, we had someone come in um, last month. She had it on one hand for months, started to have it on the other hand. And she was like this, you know, like my age woman going to sleep with two braces every night. How incredibly sexy is that? And, <laughs> and like, she's like, I don't know, like how long am I going to be with the braces? I've been with them for months and now I have yeah. the second one. So within several sessions, we were able to get rid of the brace. Actually within, you know, I don't, you know, um, I don't always say how many sessions because everyone's a little different, <laughs> but within two sessions, she was actually able to not have to wear the brace. Not that she was fully, you know, healed yeah. or fixed or whatever, but she was able to not wear the brace um, when she went to sleep and wow. not have the pain wake her up. But she also came in super, you know, like relatively mild. Um, but yet the answer from the person before her was to wear a brace every night for indefinite periods of time. Yeah. So technically, if you wear it for a month every night <clears throat> mm -hmm. and it still isn't going away, it's not just your wrist. So we try to encourage them if you wear it for a month and because I normally if if you have an acute onset like so it just started happening, the easiest fastest thing to do put a brace on it, see if it helps right it's cheap it's fast you wear it for a couple weeks and you're looking for change. Yeah, and if you see the change great the problem is, is that people wear it longer than a month. People wear it for months and months and years. I was in this mom group and um, someone was like, oh, after my babies, I have carpal tunnel. I keep waking up, blah, blah, blah. And moms have huge problems, um, you know, after babies, like our bodies change. Um, we get too loose, you know, I call them, I call them like two different types of people are my loosey goosey people and my stiff as a board people. <laughs> <laughs> so my loosey goosey people tend to have a lot more problems because after babies, those, those hormones and stuff make us even more loosey goosey. So we get too loose. And so we tend to have a lot of problems that come from that, like nerve problems, carpal tunnel problems and stuff. And um, I was in this mom chat and I just, I couldn't take it anymore, but they were like, I was, I've been wearing the brace for years and it helps me. I'm like, really? Like really years, you know? Um, and did you jump in or was it one of those situations I mean, where, cause that's tough for me did. too. Mm -hmm. I kind of did, but you know, I like to work with people when they're ready for my help. Yeah. You know what I mean, Robert? I like to work with people when they're ready for my help, because if they're teeth ready otherwise. for my help, if it, if they're, then they're not going to, like, I need a commitment between you and me to make this work, right? The commitment goes both ways. If I don't have the commitment from you, then it's not, I'm, I can't help you, right? So that commitment is like, I'm as committed to you and helping you as much as you are committed to getting that help. Yeah.
that's that, those are the best patients. I mean, the ones that are ready for it, and you know, we're always ready to help. So, um, maybe right. one of your uh, marketing techniques should be uh, HOTS therapy. You know, here for people <laughs> that are stiff as a board. You know. I know. I I have this thing where I'm gonna probably do videos on like what's how to help my loosey goosey people, <laughs> no. the board people, because I always talk about it. My loosey goosey <laughs> people are my nerve people. My stiff as a board tend to come in and a little bit differently. You know, musculoskeletal type. Yeah, they just have different types of problems. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they get that picture. All right, so yeah. um, we have about a few more minutes here. I have two questions. Tell me. So hope I'm not. I'm try not to talk too term. much, Rob. Do you, do you know I talk a lot? <laughs> no, I love this because I can make so much content out of it. It's just going to be a glory day for me. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Here. So after COVID started, a lot of people are sitting around a lot at home. Oh, They're. What's like the number one thing you're seeing? Like a lot of people listening to this are probably going yeah. to relate. So what are some things you've seen after COVID? People sitting at home a lot. So um, some many conditions. Problems nerve problems nerve problems shoulder and neck problem i get a lot of people who come for mid back issues so it feels like i don't like that spot the spot like between <laughs> the, you know and what they're talking about is that mid back problem it's like the spot between the shoulder blades yeah and it's like it's not my shoulder but it kind of is um <laughs> But we get a lot of those people and then we're getting a lot of people who come in for nerve problems because their neck is just a mess and um, they end up with hand pain and hand numbness and they're like, I don't know where it's coming from, but it's both hands. What the <laughs> hell happened? I'm like, okay, let's take a look through everything because this didn't just come right now. This was years in the making, years in the making. You're just feeling it now because your, your activity level might have changed. You might be sitting around a little bit more. You might not be as active. Something might be going on that you're sitting at home working off your desk. That's not as, as, um, as great, but you know, it's not just, oh, let me change my desk. Let me get a sit to stand desk. Let me get better chairs. You're already sort of messed up somewhere and you need to find someone to help. Um, I always talk about like kind of putting those bones back into its place, mm -hmm. right? So you got to put the bones back into its place and you got to move the muscles in a way that's going to hold those bones to stay together better. Okay, I like that. Yeah. So now you, we, I, we've got a lot of tips from today. Um, but if you had <laughs> to pick so. a few, I know, I mean, I've learned some stuff that listeners definitely have. If you had to pick one or two things, or three, or maybe even 16 okay. <laughs> tips that you think the audience could benefit from, um, the average person listening, some things that you've noticed, what would that be? Oh my goodness! A thing that I notice for the for for the hands or for the for the um just in general like one or two take home things for the audience. Okay. Well, I'll rephrase so that. I think a lot of people know that they need to move, right? They kind of know they need to move, but but let me remind you: you need to move. <laughs> you need to. Oh, this is what I tell everybody. You ready? Men yeah. don't like this. Are you ready, Rob? Men okay. don't. I'm going to tell you right now. The men so drop the ego. Listening, 
the the men that are listening to this are not going to like it. And the women are like, I got this. I can do this. (laughs) What could this be? Oh, my God. Just lay on your stomach. Can you just lay on your stomach and prop yourself up on your arms like this a little bit? Lay on your stomach and just prop. Like, so if you're sitting there watching TV, lay on your stomach and watch TV instead of laying on your back. Right? Just lay on your stomach for two minutes. Two minutes. You don't even know the men are like, you know, Huang, men don't lay on their stomach. I'm like, you know what? You're going to lay on your stomach if this is going to help you, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I guess it's kind of like a, it's like a, like a high school teenage girl stance, right? Yeah. They're kicking their legs. <laughs> you, can like, be a scholar, you can be a scholarly man. Just do it with one hand. Okay, Rob? You can do it like this. Yeah, the guy from uh, that <laughs> business show from 1940s. I could see him doing that. <laughs> yes. But if you just laid on your stomach and propped yourself up on your elbows, like uh, kids do, right? Kids do this when they coloring, they're laying on the floor and stuff like that. We just, like, as adults, never do this anymore. Women do this because they're tanny. They're like, I got this. <laughs> I know how this works. I can do yeah. this. But men are like, I, I, men. And you don't know how many times I work with men and they're like, well, men don't do this. Men don't lay on their stomach. I'm like, well, that's why you have more pain and stiffness. <laughs> <laughs> Use the same voice for your pick out there. I know, I do. I, I make lots <laughs> of faces and lots of voices. <laughs> You haven't even heard my Goldilocks story, but I'm going to have to save that for another day for you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's five. Uh, the alarm hit. Yeah, I'm, yeah, this is great. You're you're full of information and excitement. It's, I like the attitude. Your patience must... These This two-appointment patient it probably would have been six if it weren't for your enthusiasm because we know that, <laughs> that therapeutic alliance must have been tight, so yes, we like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like Teflon. I like Teflon. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Um, and I I want you, no problem. I, I, you did more for me than I did for you, but you know, for the thousands of listeners out there, what are, can you please like review your, your website and your book and your social media for them? Yes. So you can find hands-on therapy services on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, hands-on therapy services. And our website is handsots.com. So it's like two hands. So plural. OTS.com. And I'm sure you're going to include these links in your notes. Yeah, you put for this sure. on YouTube in the description. Everything. So everyone can find me. And I encourage people to, if you have hand or arm problems and you're just not sure about what to do or who to go to, uh, give us a call. You can visit our website and you can download some of the ebooks. You can even request to have what's called a free discovery visit or a phone consultation with us here at Hands-On Therapy Services. And we're happy to talk to you and help you figure out what's wrong before you make any commitment to do anything with us. We just want people to know that there's hope and there's possibility out there to live pain-free, to be more active, and to avoid things like pills, injections, and surgery. Mm -hmm. And of course, you can find my book on Amazon. It's called The Hands-On Approach, The Ultimate Guide to Getting Rid of Nagging Hand and Shoulder Problems Without Pills, Injections, and Surgery. And one day I'm gonna write a sequel to this. It was supposed to be this year, but I started working on some other stuff. A second volume. Yeah, you're involved in a lot of things, it sounds like. And that's a good sign. You want your practitioner 
to be multi-interested and to yes. have a lot of knowledge because it's easy as a therapist to fall down that yeah. that ravine where you yeah. just kind of coast. That's why having your own clinic is a big thing too. Yes. Uh, so I also have, it's called, if you have therapists that watch this, if you have OTs or PTs that watch this, I have a second company and a whole second YouTube channel and everything is called Hand Therapy Secrets. And I help people who, I help therapists, occupational therapists or physical therapists uh, develop their skills in hand therapy and grow their confidence. Oh, cool. That's, that's my second company. That's what I do. And I help uh, them become certified hand therapists. Because that. Oh, wow. You take through the process. Killer. That's yeah. good. I mean, at this point, I'm going to be referring my hand patients to you. Well, thank you. So I when I get those you. calls, I mean, it's good. It's a great way to network yes. here. Yeah. A great and excuse we'll to network. send your patients that call us from that area to your, you know, and the things that you do, um, we'll send them to you too. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, <laughs> it's been nice to talk today and um yes. we will we will see you hopefully in the future yes. uh wong i'm happy to <gasps> thanks rob ah. <laughs> all right wong chan wong tran today yes uh, talking to us about the hand everyone thank you so much for listening and thank you have a good day um healthcast 305 podcast thank you very much